You're listening to the Opportunity Zones podcast. Get ready to grow your wealth with insights and strategies for qualified opportunity fund investors. And now, here's your host, Jimmy Atkinson. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm Jimmy Atkinson. Joining me on the podcast today are Brian England and Tess Young of Montaday Globe, a rural Opportunity Zone development project in Globe, Arizona, that will be a luxury, sustainable retirement mountaintop village where a portion of the profits are tithed to build co-located free housing for retired religious clergy and fund other charitable efforts of Montaday, a 501c3 nonprofit. Brian, Tess, great to see both of you here. Great to meet you again. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you, Jimmy. Doing well. Doing well. All right, Jimmy. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, it's great to have you here. It's great to have uh, two other Catholics here as well. This isn't meant to be the Catholic show, but it kind of is because uh, we're three Catholics and the the project you're working on is is very Catholic and uh, not restricted just to Catholics, of course, but we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. I just had to give a little plug for Roman Catholicism there at the top of the show. Of course, all are welcome. Uh, it's, and again, it's great to see both of you. We met at the Opportunity Zone Expo in Phoenix last year. Uh, love those in-person events, and we've we've got a couple more coming up here um, toward the end of the year, later this fall, with the Novogratic Conference coming up in Washington D.C. on November 1st, and my event, OZ Pitch Day, coming up on November 9th. Um, feels like the whole communities of Opportunity Zone investors is is coming together. But let's let's dive into the show and talk a little bit more about Montaday Globe and what y'all are up to. So, for my audience of high net worth investors, advisors other Opportunity Zone stakeholders. Could you tell us a little bit about yourselves, Montaday Globe, and how it got started? How did you get started doing this project that we're going to discuss today? Go ahead, Tess, start us off. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, This uh, concept of Opportunity Zone actually dovetails with the vision that we're trying to do. Uh, Monetary Globe is an Opportunity Zone fund that's domiciled in Globe, Arizona. And we're looking to develop affordable housing as the first um, application of being able to harness what we call, what in essence would be patient capital to revitalize the city of Globe, but also build a legacy. How we got started really was in doing some charity work when I was in the Philippines. And uh, that was when Typhoon Yolanda had hit and there was so much devastation. A lot of people had had perished and there was a lot of families that had been displaced and getting involved in the charity work. We started working and working with some religious nuns. And when we gave them capital to start uh, rebuilding schools and, and families, we were very shocked because at the end of the project, they would return the money that hadn't been spent. So we were very and started kind of learning more about these nuns that we found out that as religious, they take a vow of poverty. And when they retire and they get older, a lot of times they really have no other support from their orders. So they just got placed wherever. So with the marketing background that I had, I looked into this and I found that there was really an un- underserved market. Um, so given the opportunity to come back to the United States and finding out about um, opportunity zones through the podcast, actually, that I listened to you and, and Ashley Tyson, I looked into it. And through uh, my church connection with Ryan at St. Anne's in Gilbert, I found out that Globe was indeed inside an opportunity zone 
we started looking at it and the mayor and the economic development team were just so ecstatic of having this type of development because a lot of times, as, as you know, rural development usually gets um, kind of bypassed by a lot of um, investors that are looking for a higher return. And so with Opportunity Zone, we could we could harness the patient capital and revitalize this community but more importantly, um, build a legacy, which is what we're trying to do. So we're excited to share more about this and um, I'll, I'll have Brian tell more about his background. My yeah, background Brian, please, is- please, please do. Yeah, my background is mainly in real estate management, running companies, that sort of thing. Um, I've, I've spent, I, in one way or another, last 20, 20, 30 years in some form of real estate management, that sort of thing. Um, met Tess at our at our church, and she has these great visions of of different projects that she wants to do for you know to benefit the clergy, which you know I'm I'm all for you know going through Catholic school my whole life and um, you know being what I would consider devout, I guess, and still working. But um, no, it just really intrigued me, and you know. A lot of the things she was mentioning about where she planned on doing the project before in the Philippines, it was striking me as like, well, Globe Globe seems kind of like that, you know, about an hour away from um, the East Valley of, of Phoenix Metro, hour and a half away from Sky Harbor. So very scenic drive, quick and easy. So not too far away from the big city, but far enough to where you don't have big city life. Um, and so we started working with the city of globe and they're very open to to everything we're we're doing and there's a lot of pent-up demand as there is anywhere for for housing and affordable housing nonetheless so it's it's an exciting project so our first phase um will be renovating historic buildings in downtown globe we own one currently have our eyes on a couple more where the bottom floor would most likely be retail commercial space and then upstairs will be some housing, depending on what the buildings will allow. Um, phase two is um, a like master plan community type thing on 58 acres of land that'll have single family housing, multifamily housing, a hotel, an event center. Um, you know, you name it, we're going to put it on there. We're going to try to go high density without crowding the space. Um, so that's that's what we're working on kind of first and foremost with the city of globe getting ready for planning and zoning architects are drawing up the site plan that sort of thing that's where we're at on that and then ultimately phase three would be the mountaintop village um, that was in the introduction that would be provide free housing for the clergy alongside that to fund that free housing for the clergy will be senior housing that'll be for profit a luxury um, type condominium development. So it's a it's a great mix. It sounds like an eclectic uh, collection of projects within within the same development. And uh, if in case my my audience uh, hasn't already cottoned onto this, this this development's it's a little bit different. The investment opportunity here is a little bit different. If you're an investor who is only interested in in market rate returns in you know, high growth urban developments. This is probably not the project for you, but it's a really interesting case. And the the, the fact that you're doing something so different um, is is really appealing to me. Uh, can, can you tell us a little bit more about the investment 
deal and, and what makes it so different and how it ties into the spirit and intent of Opportunity Zones? Good question. So um, obviously the project has to, the fundamentals have to make sense. The numbers have to pencil out. And that's the reason why um, Project Marigold, which is what Brian had mentioned, where we're building affordable housing, uh, multifamily, single family residential townhouse, um, that approach allows our investor to really um, take a look at being able to get the, the, the return on a ground up development. It's going to be backed by real estate that's got very strong support from the city and, and pent up demand, as Brian had mentioned. But phase one, which should be the downtown development, because it's not ground up, that's actually where investors can get their uh, higher return, a fast return on their investment. Because once we renovate it and have it leased out, we cash flow it quickly. So the second phase would be the ground up development. And that's where we're looking to raise um, the funds to be able to do the um, the type of pre-development and development work that we're looking at. This project, we're estimating anywhere between 60 to 80 million. And then from there, the third development of phase three, which would be a mountaintop village. For right now, it's a prototype for the religious. But like this development, we plan to take this model and look at other opportunity zone areas and open it up to not just Catholic, but also other denominations, because the need for retirement housing is incredible. And there is an unmet uh, need. And we feel that this niche allows us to really appeal to the type of investor that's looking not just for a return on solid real estate investment, but also looking to build a legacy that will actually not just revitalize the community, but also help them build generational wealth. And making a lasting contribution. So being part of something greater is what we're looking at. Yeah. And uh, just the fact that you're providing free housing, you know, that <laughs> that that's not going to get uh, a market rate return, but it's about more than that. And the type of investor you're going after is somebody who is interested in, in leaving a legacy, tithing, creating this impact in this, in this niche area of providing free retirement housing to religious clergy of all denominations, not just Catholic. Um, I think that's that's great what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, the city of Globe? And I understand that this is hopefully just the first of many such developments that you're going to do all over the country, maybe in opportunity zones, maybe not in opportunity zones. But uh, can you characterize the city of Globe and, and what you like about it and why you think it's a good prototype for the first one? I'll take that since I grew up in Globe. It's a small city, uh, maybe around 7,000 people. Um, it's been like that since since I was a little boy. And I, I love small town America. Everybody knows each other. Um, you can find help on any corner. I mean, the bad part about that is everybody knows your business too. So can't really get away with a lot. But can't hide in Globe, Arizona, it sounds like. No, you, you can't. You can't. Everybody knows what you're doing. But I think that's a good thing too. You know, a lot of people to hold you accountable and we all should be accountable for our actions. And they're not always great, but you know what? We learn from them. Um, Globe's a small city. And like Tess had mentioned, you know, not a lot of developments going there. Like there hasn't been new houses built there except maybe one or two one-offs or whatever in the 80s. So all the homes there are older, dilapidated. So you you have renovations, but but nothing new. So um, Globe's also a city that doesn't necessarily have industry, but 
but there are some some industries that that need a lot of employees and need people to live there the hospital being one of them they employ like 400 people and you know they require their staff doctors nurses high paying jobs to live in globe well there's no housing for that and they and these are people that can afford houses and nice houses and that would love to live in globe cuz it's a nice you know mountainous little town <clears throat> cleaner air because it's away from the big city you can actually see the stars at night you know all that sort of thing you know lakes nearby so that there's there's stuff to do without having all the big city frills another big industry there is mining copper mining is what's most prevalent in globe um there those employees too i mean even a laborer i think at at the mine starts at like 50 grand plus so you know they're executives and people that would like to live in globe um, but there's no housing for them need housing the forest service another one you know that they're somewhat seasonal, but when these seasons happen, there's nowhere for them to stay in Globe. And, and Globe is a county seat for Gila County, um, you know, surrounding areas. So Globe really is, is a hot spot for future development. And being in real estate in the East Valley, Phoenix metro area, I've heard the talk over the past three to five years. You know, everybody is saying, but nobody's doing anything about it, that Globe is the next spot to to really grow and, and blow up at the same time being from globe i'd like to try to keep globe small <laughs> not have a hundred thousand people there but i don't know there's 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 room for growth there to you know higher than it is now and there's demand for it as well so and and without with you want it to you want it to grow without getting too big right so yeah. just i'm looking at the map of arizona right now yeah it is uh it is a little ways east of phoenix um can you describe kind of w where it sits in relation to phoenix how how far away from phoenix is it exactly and do you have a lot of commuters to and from phoenix yes um so there's in globe there's a lot of history um so people go there to see plus it's it's mountainous there's lakes and stuff so they go just for the outdoors type of thing ashley tyson wants to visit globe because he's a hunter and there's good hunting there but we'll we'll work on that later um <laughs> it's probably about 75 miles from um the phoenix metro area depending on what part phoenix metro is, is pretty huge downtown phoenix is probably about 100 miles away from globe um but then you have the east valley you have mesa chandler gilbert um gold canyon you know that kind of all grows together as part of phoenix although they're their own little cities. So proximity is 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 pretty good. Um, Arizona Highways, which is a local magazine that, that highlights beautiful areas throughout Arizona and what's beautiful about Arizona, has rated the drive from Mesa to Globe as like the most scenic drive in Arizona. And I'm so used to it, I take it for granted. But when I take people to Globe from Mesa, they're like, wow, this is this is this is pretty cool. So I mean, I think it has that going for it because anybody, I mean, somebody coming from a bigger city like Los Angeles or New York, like they don't live downtown. They don't work downtown. So they're usually driving an hour and a half, two hours to 
to get to work and then back home from work too. So yep. this type of commute isn't isn't terrible. But if somebody could have a second home or even their primary residence because they fall in love living with Globe, it would be a more ideal situation. And then if they need the big city, they need to go to a ball game or whatever, they're only an hour away. Yeah, we got the D-backs and the NLCS uh, this week, the, the week we're recording this episode. Yeah, I lost last night though. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, we're, we're recording this in, in mid-October, so forgive us if uh, by the time you listen to this, maybe something's changed. But as of right now, the D-backs are still alive in the NLCS. They're down 0-1 to the, to the Phillies. Uh, but enough about baseball. Can you so you characterize a little bit about the, the shortage of high-quality housing in Globe? Um, I want to turn to the retired religious clergy community and the need for housing for them. They've taken vows of poverty in many cases. Um, can you characterize or quantify that shortage? I'll take that question. So I did some research and there was a study by the Catholic bishops and they, and they had commissioned a uh, Mercer to do a study. And what they found is that the big problem is, is that there aren't that many vocations going into the religious. Imagine that. So as a result, they don't have the replacement that people in the secular world have. And so what happens is that a lot of the a lot of the um, the priests have a fund that the that the bishops sponsor, but some of the religious they don't have that. And so what you're finding is that a lot of the um, the religious, especially in the northeast quarter, they're dwindling in numbers. It's almost like um, it for every for every one new novitiate there's like four or five retired clergy that they have to support. Hmm. And those numbers are not sustainable. And in that study, they show a graph where you have more retirees being supported by fewer numbers of novices going in. So with those numbers, um, it's not very good. And so, you know, Mahatma Gandhi once said that um, you have to be the ripple that starts the, the ripple in the pond. And so I think, we have to be the one to start that stone that's thrown into the pond. And I think that with the opportunity zone, we get this big stone now <laughs> because we can attract a lot of um, investors who definitely are looking for a return on investment, but looking for um, building a legacy. I love that analogy. Um, opportunity zones can be catalyzing developments. They're not meant to be the perfect cure-all solution to all of our social problems, but they can be one step in the right direction that can kind of help catalyze different economic redevelopments all over the country. And I, I think that's a perfect um, analogy that Mahatma Gandhi, uh, that you that you borrowed from Mahatma Gandhi there to say that you could be the ripple, you could be the catalyst that kind of helps uh, fix the whole thing. Because it seems like the, the issue with the uh, novitiates and the clergy um, seems like a microcosm of, of what's happening uh, more broadly in our country with uh, with baby boomers retiring and will there be enough money left in social security? Are there enough people working today and and um, and and elsewhere throughout the world? I mean, you can see what's going on in uh, in Japan has some pretty pretty bad um, uh, aging demographic as well. Just to to you know pull them out as an example. So that's that's a that's an issue that's that's actually very important. And yeah, maybe you guys could be that that spark, that catalyst, that that ripple. Um, we're, we're kind of running down on time here for today. Um, uh, wanted to just get your thoughts on maybe just some, some broader ideas of how you view opportunity zones, how it can help, um, 
help cure the demand for affordable housing in this country and, and any other broader trends regarding opportunity zones that that you're keeping an eye on or that you'd like investors to keep an eye on? Brian, maybe we can start with you. I'll defer to Tess. Tess, oh, Tess okay, let's go to Tess. Zones guru. <laughs> let's put Tess on the spot. <laughs> One of the important issues that we are very interested in is looking at tax credits. Um, tax credits are a great incentive, both from the federal and state side. But the problem is, is that it's quite complex to put these deals together, and it takes a long time sometimes. So that's where opportunity zones come in. But the beauty of opportunity zones is that you can layer and stack all these different tax credits. So one of the things we're looking to harness also is being able to harness uh, renewable energy tax credits for our particular development, whether it's for downtown historic renovation, we put either solar panels in a project Marigold, we put EV charging stations, build storage batteries, um, rooftop uh, solar panels. And then in our mountaintop sustainable village, we'd love to be able to borrow technology from the past, whether it's passive solar, uh, solar heating, uh, we're looking at harvesting rainwater, um, looking at different ways that we can be sustainable um, and still keep profitability at the, at the heart of it, because we want that, that balance to be achieved. So for us, we're looking at opportunity zones as a stepping stone to be able to maybe layer and aggregate so that this development really achieves that balance of making a return for people who are looking at it. Uh, creating a legacy, but also at the same time, embracing what we need to do to protect our environment. So that's, I love that's it. our vision anyway. I love, I love the vision. Uh, again, it is very unique. Um, there are definitely challenges with opportunity zones in general, especially I would imagine there's, op there's challenges with rural opportunity zones, but the fact that you're stacking on some of those renewable energy tax credits and, and some of those other tax credits from the, uh, what was it called? The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Um, uh, I think that's that that's great. Um, Brian, how about you? Any any last words or, or thoughts on opportunity zones or trends that you're keeping an eye on? Um, well, I mean, I've, I've been in real estate, so I keep keeping track of the, the real estate trends. And, and so the projects that we're working on, you know, they, they, they cannot not be profitable for everybody involved, um, investors, the like. I mean, we're looking for a different type of investor, not one that's just out for the the return, but also wants to kind of give back while getting a really good return. So I think that makes us somewhat unique. Um, like Tess keeps saying, building a legacy. I mean, obviously revitalizing a city um, like Globe would definitely leave a legacy. I mean, nothing has ever been done in Globe quite like what we're doing. And so it's it's going to open up some eyes. And for future, I mean, like you mentioned before, and Tess has mentioned before, you know, it's a model for other cities that need this sort of thing, this type of revitalization. We've already done it. We could just move from one city to a, to the next. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pent-up demand in a lot of other small cities where people would love to live, but, you know, there's just not the housing or the resources to be able to do so. Globe, hopefully the the first of many as uh, yes. you embark on this development. Uh, well, hey, uh, Brian, Tess, really want to thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Before we go, can you tell our audience where they can go if they want to learn more about you and Monte Day Globe? If, if they're interested in learning more about 
uh, you guys or the project are potentially interested in investing, what's the best way to uh, learn more information or get in touch with you? Sure. We have a website, www.montedayglobe.com. Montaday Globe is spelled M-O-N-T-E-I-D-E-I-G-L-O-B-E.com. We also have a YouTube channel, Montaday Globe. We have a couple of videos, an intro video there and an initial marketing video there that people can watch. Perfect. And for my audience, we will have show notes, as always, available on our website at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. There we'll have links to all of the resources that Brian, Tess, and I discussed on today's show. And I'll make sure to link to the two introductory videos so you can learn more about Montaday Globe. And please be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcast listening platform to always get the latest episodes. Brian, Tess, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Bye-bye. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, you can find us online at opportunitydb.com. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by Opportunity DB by Wealth Channel. This podcast is available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and all other podcast listening platforms. Just hit that subscribe or follow button so you get all of our new episodes as we release them. And we'll be back soon with another exciting episode.